following is rated the following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and I beg your apologies for cutting off my own waves, but uh, welcome. It's 8.30 p.m., and it's Sunday, September 25th, 2022, and thank you for joining us for The Walking Dead, the final episode's preview online viewing party run by Talking Dead right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Tonight's show contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. And also I want to give special thanks to Joan for being here tonight, as she almost always is. Thank you. We always appreciate her interest and help. Uh, tonight's show, oh, I told you it contains spoilers, but, you know, you regulars know that we do this. Um, we're not going to spoil anything for real, but if you're not current, we're going to talk about stuff that just happened, so you need to be current. All right, typically we start our show about a half hour before the live show airs. That's still true this week. We have recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m., we go dark or mute. We'll watch the show together. And then at the commercial breaks, we'll give commentary. We're not going to rate the show tonight because it's more of a Talking Dead primer about what's going to happen in the last eight episodes of Walking Dead ever, which start next weekend. But we will still give you commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. The format may differ slightly as we play along with Chris Hardwick and guests on Talking Dead tonight. Our show is spoiler and comic free. So please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented to us. Um, As you all know, the final season of Walking Dead, a classic restarts next Sunday. Eight episodes remaining, opening with Season 11, Episode 17. It runs from October 2nd to November 20th. Fear is said to be airing in late 2022 to 23, but it just started filming at the end of summer, so I'm not sure 2022 is still accurate, but I cannot find confirmation. Worst case scenario, it will maybe air after Walking Dead Classic ends, which would be thanks and Walking Dead Classic will have ended the weekend before, so it would be Thanksgiving weekend to January 15th, 2023, with the last eight episodes, part two, later in 2023. I will update you guys when I get proper dates for this stuff. World Beyond, as you know, has ended. Uh, Daryl spinoff in 2023, David Zabel is showrunner. Um, it's 10 years after it all began, roughly, which, okay, I take issue with that because Walking Dead Classic was more than 10 years after it all began. It had a time jump of almost 10 years. So they need to work on tweaking the timeline. Again, Joan and I have kvetched about this quite a bit. So uh, anyway, uh, that's going on. Den the Water is on AMC On Demand. Uh, Maggie and Negan is now The Walking Dead, Dead City. Um, Eli Jorney is executive producer and showrunner. And uh, Scott Gimple is also helping, and um, 
Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey D. Morgan are also going to be executive producers on Dead City. Walking Dead with Rick and Michonne to debut in 2023. You've already heard all that. Uh, feel free to call in to speak with the hosts at 914-338-0314. And we'll be taking calls all evening tonight, but we especially encourage you to call between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Eastern Time before the live show begins. You're welcome to call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room where you can ask questions, chat, and be able to listen to the show real time, as well as go back to the link after the fact and download the episode as an MP3. We usually post the links for that on our Facebook page and my social media. Um, So there is that. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can go back to the link and download the broadcast as an MP3 for later listening. Just click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes and or Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn. Alrighty, let's get going. Format's going to be a little unusual. Um, <laughs> Joseph, speaking of last episodes playing right now, yes, they are trying to do a whole big catch-up thing. And the timeline remains as screwed up as ever. Uh, yeah, I, you know... We've fussed about this. Nobody seems to really care that we're fussing about this, so whatever. All righty. First article that I have for you kind of explains what's going on. This is from comicbook.com, one of our most frequent sources, Cameron Bolamona, who is one of their main staff writers for this. And it is called The Walking Dead Sets Season 11 Marathon Final Episodes Preview Special. And he says, AMC is leading into the final season of The Walking Dead with the season 11 marathon and a live special previewing the last eight episodes of the zombie drama, which returns October 2nd. Beginning this Sunday, the network will consecutively rerun the first 16 episodes of The Walking Dead season 11, followed by The Walking Dead, the final episode's preview special live on Talking Dead. The first 16 episodes of the expanded 24-episode final season are streaming on demand now on AMC+, where new Walking Dead episodes will be available to watch one week early, starting with a two-episode premiere on October 2nd. Okay, that's why the dates are a tiny bit off. So next Sunday, we will have two episodes, which I find kind of strange because I've also heard a rumor that I'm going to share with you guys shortly about them making Talking Dead wait an hour again for some other show, which I think is Interview with the Vampire. I will get to that in my notes and verify, but that's what I think is going on. Anyway, back to the article. Joining Hardwick Live on Talking Dead is Walking Dead showrunner and executive producer Angela Kang, uh, the actor who plays Jerry Cooper Andrews, who will tease what's ahead in the eight-episode series conclusion. There's another guest, and I'm going to get to that in a minute as well, a last-minute addition. Um, viewers can expect exclusive sneak peeks and intel from the final season, which returns with the mid-season premiere called Lockdown, October 2nd, which is next Sunday. AMC describes the list, last eight episodes as follows. On the heels of the oppressive presence of locusts, remember at the sort of end of this last episode, pardon my hiccups, I'm so sorry, Um, there was locusts coming in and Negan made a comment about it. An even greater force is bearing down on every single member of each community. 
with Commonwealth flags raised at Hilltop, Alexandria, and Oceanside. And what I want to know is how the heck they got the resources to make matching uniforms and fancy flags to go around in the middle of the apocalypse. But that's just me. I got a lot of fuss about that part. There's no time to strategize for those on the road. It's a race against, a race against the clock to stay alive and extract those still living in the Commonwealth before Hornsby can exec, execute his revenge. Inside the Commonwealth, Connie's article has created more chaos than planned. By exposing Governor Milton's corruption, their hope to create a better, more equal life for all may instead put everyone at risk. With the vast debt our group owes and no other viable place to live, simply leaving has never been an option. But if the next move fails, staying won't be an option either. Quote, what they're about to embark on will only invite more danger with massive consequences. The clock is ticking for our heroes inside the Commonwealth as well. As each group continues to get caught in uncontrollable situations, threats lurk around every corner, dead or alive. The looming pressure is cresting towards a day of reckoning for all. Will the sum of their individual journeys culminate into one or divide them forever? The, light, the fight for a future continues to be exasperated by the ominous population of walkers. Not all will survive, but for some, the walking dead lives on. End quote. Season 11 of The Walking Dead, uh, it has the people at stars. You all know that. You don't need that. And that is the end of that part of the article. Let me double check to see what Joan has to add. So, yeah, Joan, so, and how the hell did they get coordinated flags and all that to the four corners of the apocalypse from the main commonwealth so quickly? Precisely so, considering all of those places are in Virginia, and supposedly they were in either Pennsylvania or Ohio or something like that. And I generally kind of sort of live near that area, and there isn't any way. This was clearly written by somebody who doesn't know a damn thing about the Mid-Atlantic or geography, and they're taking gross liberties with this stuff. They should have just set the damn thing in West Virginia. Then all this crap they're doing would make sense, but not Pennsylvania, not Ohio. Too much. Uh, Joan said it should be Ohio. Well, it should be as far as what they established. As far as reality and going back and forth, it should be West Virginia. <laughs> because then it's not as bad to have to go to the D.C. area, which is where they ostensibly all were. All right, enough kvetching about that. Let me continue with my notes. Um, this was a tweet from earlier that I, I grabbed part of. Um, Walking Dead's last episodes premiere October 2nd, and we're teasing what's to come during The Walking Dead, the final episode's preview. Join Chris Hardwick and our amazing guests for a fun and fantastic discussion at 9 p.m. on AMC. Final episode's preview is live at 9 p.m. on AMC. Oh, oh, here we go. Here is the additional person. Showrunner Angela Kang and fan favorites, plural, Cooper Anderson, Cooper Andrews, forgive me, who plays Jerry, and Paula Lazaro. And I hope I'm saying that right, Joan. Feel free to check me, who plays Princess are teasing Walking Dead's last episodes with host Chris Hardwick. Viewers can expect exclusive sneak peeks and intel from the final season, which returns with lockdown. Talking Dead, Walking Dead preview show tonight. Talking Dead will return for a new season following the latest episodes of Walking Dead, but in a later time slot to allow for AMC's newest series, Interview with the Vampire, which also premieres on October 2nd to air directly following The Walking Dead. AMC, quit doing this shit. Nobody appreciates it. It pees on both series because 
You get a bunch of interviews of vampire people who are being interrupted by zombie things before and after. And you get a bunch of Walking Dead fans who are not interested in waiting an hour to hear Talking Dead. This is very stupid. There's no reason Interview with the Vampire can't premiere at 11 p.m. This is ridiculousness. We'll get to that article next. Yes, I pulled it up. I'm so cool. (laughs) I'm kidding. Joan was saying, I believe a Commonwealth is in Ohio. Yes, should be apparently was a poor choice of words. It's okay. That's fine. We're good. All right, let's go to the next article I was talking about. This is also from UndeadWalking.com. And this is uh, Talking Dead, Walking Dead preview show tonight by Renee Hansen, who is another one of their staffers that regularly writes about Walking Dead. And she says, in one week, fans of The Walking Dead will gather around their TVs to watch the premiere of the final episodes of the series. AMC will air the seventh episode of the 20... That doesn't make sense. They said the seventh episode of the 24-episode final season on October 2nd at 9 p.m. I do not... No, that's not the seventh. It's got to be the 17th. Okay, Renee, fact check your crap, okay? Because it's season 11, episode 17, not 7. This week, Talking Dead returns with a preview special to tide fans over until next Sunday. Um... I'm skipping the parts I've already told you to see if there's anything new they had to say. Um, Okay, Talking Dead final episodes preview special. It will be exciting to see what the guests are permitted to share for the final eight episodes. No doubt it will be very hush-hush, but there will be fun tidbits. They are allowed to share, and fans will be there for it. Talking Dead will return for a new season. Blah, 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 later time slot interview with the vampire. Stab, stab. Growl. Fuss. Okay. Uh, Talking Dead began airing in season two of The Walking Dead. Initially, it was a 30-minute recap of the episode, but would eventually be extended to an hour that featured online polls, trivia, shows behind-the-scenes footage, answer fans' questions, and the favorite in memoriam segment to honor the fallen for each episode. And honestly, let's be truthful, for a long time it was a way to figure out whether or not somebody was really dead by whether they appeared there or not. And then they started fooling with us on that. All right. The series also airs some of the spin-off series, airs after some of the spin-off series, including Fear. Um, Talking Dead did air after the recent series, Tales of the Walking Dead. But if the series is renewed, perhaps we'll see it air following those as well. And, you know, they didn't do that much with Fear either. They, they were doing it, and then they kind of stopped. And we've been speculating whether or not that's Chris not wanting to do it or them not wanting to support fear. We really don't know what the heck is going on with all this. All right. They have the air dates, and we're going to get to that part later because I do have that for you guys. Let me double check in the chat room. Okay, Joan hasn't added anything further, so uh, let's go ahead and keep going. There are no writers and directors profiles or synopses tonight because we're not actually having an episode we are having a talk show about next week's episode uh same thing with trivia but we do have trivia from last week and we will cover that part so episode six of tales of the walking dead uh which was la Doña, was last week's episode there were no co-stars listed uh two people were uncredited uh unknown animal actor as Paco the parrot and Justin Hall was a survivor. It was someone they ran into out in the woods. 
deaths. Maria, who was alive off screen, and by alive they mean as a walker. Uh, Alma, Paco, Eric, Idalia, and five other unnamed people as a flashback. Trivia. First and last appearance of Idalia, Eric, Maria, Alma, and Paco. This was originally the fourth episode of the season. However, it was rearranged for unknown reasons, as were pretty much all of them. Um, it might be curious to go back if we can remember and find the original order and then the changed order that they're using. Um, I would love to know why they did this, because they've made an awfully big deal about it, considering there's only six episodes in the season. Uh, the original plot summary for that episode was as follows. Idalia and Eric are a young, traumatized couple in desperate need of a safe haven. The two discover a secluded house, otherwise known as La Doña Alma's home, where some unexplainable sinister events begin to occur. Idalia and Eric must find a way forward or risk being rooted in death forever. And I now realize in retrospect that that's a pun. And those of you who are caught up with the show know why it's funny. This is the only episode in Tales of the Walking Dead in which every character who had been seen was killed. And it is the only episode also in Tales of the Walking Dead where it is not named after the main character of the episode. It's also the only episode to use a character's nickname instead of their actual name. And there were no errors or bloopers or goofs that were named in that episode. And Joan said, couldn't really blame him if he didn't want to support fear with Talking Dead. Yes, we, we've had a lot to say about fear. Let us just get through season eight and any connecting plots, and then we won't have to worry about it anymore. And I, I think I've seen several places where they have said, no, there isn't going to be a season nine, that season eight will be it. And I honestly sense the main, main thing is uh, closing up, and World Beyond is already closed up, and there's not going to be the movies. And then you have these little spinoffs. I think that's the best thing for everybody. Let's start winding down. All right. We are already, since we're not doing profiles for writers and directors or any of that business, it's only 849 and we're already at cast birthday. So let's go ahead and go through this. I'm sorry I'm breezing through the info a little quickly here. It's, you know, it's a different format and some things are, are not available to talk about. But cast birthdays, we have quite a few this week. So Lily Marie, who I, I did last weekend because it fell exactly on the cusp. Uh, she was the director of Tales, oh no, Walking Dead World Beyond Season 2. Uh, September 25th is her birthday. That is today. Yay. And she's from Las Vegas. Frederick E. O. Toy, T-O-Y-E, better known as Fred Toy, was director of Season 11, Episode 3, Hunted, and that's Walking Dead Classic. And season 11, episode 4, Rendition. Uh, his birthday is tomorrow, September 26th, and he was born in Los Angeles. <coughs> now, this one is a new birthday, and I had to look it up because I something happened, and I started putting this down, and I didn't get it completed. So I'm happy that I did now since his birthday is very soon. Kevin L. Johnson, um, who played Joel, who was an insurance agent at Circle of Trust Insurance Company, in Tales of the Walking Dead, episode two, Blair slash Gina. His birthday is September 27th, and he is from Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And by the way, I've been having trouble getting this absolutely confirmed because it's completely sanitized from his IMDb profile, but it strongly appears, based on matching birthdays, matching spouse 
matching number of kids. He may also currently be an active South Carolina Democratic senator, which I think is kind of interesting. All righty. Daniel Bonjour, who was Aiden Monroe in Alexandria's birthday is September 28th, and he is from Johannesburg, South Africa. Uh, Anna Kaja, who's Indira in season two of World Beyond, September 29th, and she's from Alameda County, California. John Joseph Finn, who played Earl Sutton, the hilltop blacksmith in season nine. His birthday is September 30th, and he's from New York City. And we do have a couple of October birthdays on next weekend, uh, October 2nd. Kirsty, K-E-R-S-T-I, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, who played Sandra in Season 1, Episode 1 of Tales. Um, so her birthday is in October, but I, she made a comment on Instagram on an October 2nd post that seemed to be about her birthday, but this isn't fully verified. So I'm going to guess it's on October 22nd, and if not, happy birthday to her whenever it is. Maybe one day we'll know. And Lou L.E.W. Temple played Axel in the prison uh, October 2nd, and he is from somewhere in Louisiana. So let's give everybody some birthday applause and thank you. <laughs> And Joan is thrilled to pieces that I seem to have heard a rumor that season eight is the last for fear. Um, it's not absolutely in stone, but there's been a lot of talk leaning that way. So, yeah, I'm kind of feeling thank God as well. I'm still salty that Alicia left right when her mom got there. You know, there's got to be, I can only guess there's got to be an extenuating huge personal reason for it that it had to happen anyway, because plot wise it's very foolish. So I'm assuming something happened in her life where this was necessary, and I really hope it is, because I like Alicia Debnam Carey, but this timing sucks. I don't know who picked it, if she left or if they told her to go. I don't know. I have no data on that, but that's how I feel. Okay, let's go down to featured music. Well, <laughs> I have nothing to really tell you. Last week's episode, there was no featured music identified. No account, unaccounted for characters. Talking Dead is the show tonight. That's all there's going to be. And then I do have some discussion links. So we can talk about some of the episodes. And maybe I'll try to pull some of them up. Let me see if I can grab this. And I, this is some stuff from earlier episodes like Tales. Um, there's one addressing the time loop in Blair and Gina. And that could be a little interesting to figure out now that we have a minute to breathe and discuss it. Here. All right. Let me try to pull that article up for you guys. Uh, this is also from comicbook.com, but hang on a second. It's coming in as a mobile. Why is this coming in as a mobile? Um, the link is coming in in the style it would be if it was on your phone. Uh, let me try to correct that. Give me a second. Nope, it's, it's definitely... Shoved in there. There doesn't appear to be a regular version. All right. It's 8.54, but we might get through this. Uh, comicbook.com, Cameron Bolomono. This was from August. It says, Tales of the Walking Dead, Blair, Gina's time loop explained. Um, deja vu, time loop, or psychotic disorder. One explains how 
Circle of Trust Insurance Company co-workers, <coughs> excuse me, Blair and Gina, repeat an endless loop on Tales of the Walking Dead. When bossy Blair and meek Gina try to survive the onset of the apocalypse back in 2010 when it all began, they're stuck reliving a day that ends the same way every time with Blair and Gina dying over and over. The episode restarts each time their hijacked oil tanker truck explodes. The constant result of Blair and Gina meeting at their nexus point, a gas station on their way out of Atlanta, Georgia. Folie à deux. This episode begins with receptionist Gina documenting overbearing boss Blair's suspected personality disorders, including narcissism, sociopathy, bipolar 1, bipolar 2, and schizophrenia. Gina researches folie deux, which is a psychotic disorder in which two closely associated individuals share a similar delusional system. Directly translating to folly of two, or madness shared by two, folie deux, and that's F-O-L-I-E, uh, A with the accent grave on it, D-E-U-X, is referred to as a rare shared psychotic disorder in which there is a transference of delusional ideas and abnormal behavior from one person to another. Read the portion of Gina's research, quote, one person is typically referred to as the primary partner, the principal, or the dominant partner. The secondary partner is typically more submissive. The disorder stems from the primary partner gradually imposing their delusion upon the secondary partner, end quote. The primary partner typically has some form of major schizophrenia or a major mood disorder like bipolar, the research notes, while the secondary partner is diagnosed with foliage. deux. The dying brain. While waiting for an oil tanker to refuel a gas station on their way out of town, Blair reads an article that titled The Dying Brain to fiancé Brian, who's played by Matt Medrano. Quote, at the edge of life and death, a dark wave spreads across the brain. Reads an excerpt from the article about traumatic brain injuries and resulting neurological and psychological damage. Chronic smoker Blair tries to light a cigarette, but Brian stops her with a reminder, no smoking or open flames at gas stations. <clears throat> it's 8.57, and this is a little long, so I don't know if I'm going to finish it before we go dark, but I'll give it a shot. The loop begins when the oil tanker explodes and incinerates everyone at the gas station. Blair and Gina reset at Circle of Trust only to return to the gas station where the situation unfolds differently each time. In one, Department of Homeland Security agent Leah Rogers accidentally discharges a gun, hitting the tanker and causing it to explode. In another, Gina steals the truck from the oil tanker driver only to die in a, fury cra- a fiery crash. And yet another redo, Agent Rogers' son, Wendell, is in the truck when it becomes a 33-ton runaway bomb on wheels. Every time Blair or Gina steals the tanker, it blows up. And every time they die, Blair and Gina are the only two who realize they're trapped in a loop, repeating the event with memories of each death. As the saying goes, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Are we dead? Maybe this is a dream, Blair says, suggesting another possible Explanation, morphic resonance. According to British biologist Rupert Sheldrake, the theory of morphic resonance posits there's a unique morphic field containing a collective or pooled memory. So organisms not only share genetic material with others of their species, but are also shaped by a field specific to that species. And as 8.59, I'm not going to be able to finish before we go dark. I'll come back to it at the first break. 
Thank you for joining us and see you soon. All right, guys, it's 9, 10 p.m., and we're at the first commercial break with the Talking Dead. <laughs> Joan suggests, well, it's commercial break. Shall we read Angela's lighter hair color? <laughs> you know, I didn't even really parse that until you said it just now. I, I think I subconsciously wasn't really catching that she changed it, and that's fine. You know what? I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> you know what? Let's give her hair a 10. That's the first time we've had a 10. On this show, good for her. She can have all the hair color. Please consider kicking out Ian and Andrew and fixing fear for the last season so we can at least, you know, go out on a better note. (laughs) I'm just saying. Not like you and I have anything else going on after Talking Dead. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Anyhow, let me go back to my notes. And I do have the time loop uh, article that I hadn't finished for you guys. And now I have the hiccups. I mean, punished for talking. All right. Let me figure out where in the article I was. Okay, so we just talked about uh, morphic resonance. Here we go. Next paragraph. In his books, A New Science of Life and the Presence of the Past, Sheldrake, uh, biologist Rupert Sheldrake, explains... Morphic resonance is a process whereby all self-organizing systems inherit a memory from previous similar systems. In its most general formulation, morphic resonance means the so-called laws of nature are more like habits. The hypothesis of morphic—I'm sorry, talking is hard. The hypothesis of morphic resonance also leads to a radically new interpretation of memory storage in the brain and biological inheritance. Memory need not be stored in material traces inside brains, which are more like TV receivers than video recorders, turning into influences from the past, tuning into. Uh, And biological inheritance need not be coded in the genes or in epigenetic modifications of the genes. Much of it depends on morphic resonance from previous members of the species. Thus, each individual inherits a collective memory from past members of the species, and also contributes to the collective memory affecting the other members of the species in the future. All right, we're back with Lauren Cohen, so I'll see you guys at break number two. All right, it's 9.19. There's a good chunk of time in between before we go to commercials, and to be honest with you, I'm not necessarily unhappy about that because then that doesn't, put as much pressure on me to have the content that I wasn't able to do tonight. Uh, uh, Joan and I agreed that we like that Angela's eyeshadow matches her dress. And I know we're, sounds like we're kind of turning our show into RuPaul's drag race or something, or, you know, fashion commentary, police, whatever, but we're just, we're having a little fun with it. We also kind of decided that we, we would rate Jerry's hat this time. Um, I don't know. What do you think as as far as the hat goes? I, I, I'm i not sure what I think of, you know, Cooper, Cooper's hat, not Jerry's hat, technically. Um, I'm kind of digging it, but I'm not 100% sure with the long tail thing going in the back. I I don't know. It, it, it looks a little pimpy. <laughs> 
it, which is not necessarily, you know, ugly or bad, but sort of, I'm not sure. It's clashing looks. Uh, I don't, I, I really want this to be soft. I don't want this to be like some harsh commentary on anything. So I kind of hope that made sense. Um, let me go ahead and finish the article that I was reading to you guys because there's not that much more. Well, maybe there is, actually. Um, it keeps refreshing, and it's in that weird mobile uh, format. So we're still on commercial. Let's go ahead. Uh, breaking the cycle. It's only after Blair and Gina begin to work together that coworkers break the cycle, using their knowledge of the loop to steal the tanker without it exploding. For the first time, they survived the tanker blowing up for the last time. When Blair asks if they're dead, Gina answers, we're not dead. I think that you have a personality disorder and you pass it to me. Because people spend more time with the coworkers than their own families, Gina explains, it reasons that they melded disorders. According to Gina, the time loop was her folia deux. None of this is real. We ended up at the same gas station, faced the most traumatic of life-altering experiences together, and now we're sharing a delusion. None of this is real, but the disorder is real. Blair asks what it was like the time that Gina died, reanimated, and ate her. But, quote, it didn't happen, Gina explained. It isn't real. All right, so we're still in commercials. Let me see what other articles I can share with you guys. So there's... Another one on the Blair and Gina episode. I'm looking to see if I have anything else. There's one about episode one. There there were not as many articles written about these things, and I've read some of them to you already, so there weren't too many extra ones, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, Here's something I could share with you. I have a rundown of the remaining episodes of Walking Dead Classic that are going to be coming up. So let me go ahead and... If we still have a commercial, and we do. Alrighty, so Walking Dead Season 11. Here's what's left. Um, this is going to be episode uh, in the series ever, and then the episode number in Series 11. So it goes uh, 170-17, next Sunday, lockdown. The writer is Julia Ruckman, and the director is Greg Nicotero. That's on October 2nd. Now, it says there's two episodes but this doesn't make sense because 171 slash 18 a new deal is slated for October 9th so I'm unclear what's going on here we'll have to pay close attention to these first episodes or so we are back so I will deal with some more of this at break number three Okay, guys, we're at brick number three. I don't know that we ever rated Jerry's hat. I'm, you know what? I'm going to give it a seven because it's a good hat, but I'm still struggling with the pimp thing. Um, Joan has mentioned the guests for Talking Dead that were just announced. There's a little theme going on. Nick and Norman and Nicole. Okay, I was right now. I know it was Norman Reedus and Yvette Nicole Brown. And who? Nick? You mean Greg Nicotero? Was that the other person? I'm hoping that's who it was. I would, I would really like to see that. Yeah. Uh, Joan says she would give uh, Cooper's hat a nine. So, oh, no, pardon me, an eight. I didn't read it right. So we'll split the difference and we'll say 7.5 on the hat, uh, Cooper. So there we go. All right. Uh, let me double check. Uh, that was the rest of that article. So I have another one up for you. 
Uh, Tales of the Walking Dead episode two review. Blair Gina was unexpected. This is from somebody named Stephanie at postapocalypticmedia.com. I don't know this source or Stephanie that well. So I'm not really sure what's going on with that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to... They have... Ugh. The ads are covering up part of the article. This is super annoying. Alrighty. There we go. It didn't have a way to get, turn it off. I'm looking to see... Oh, they're having a trailer for something this Friday. It's more than a curse. More than a possession. A sh- smile this Friday. I'm not sure exactly what we're seeing. I do have it muted because I don't want to put you guys through that. Uh, let's see. Uncover the truth. Okay. Gross. Smile in theaters and Dolby Cinema. Okay. <clears throat> All righty. Let me see if Joan has anything else to add. Oh, Joan says, yes, yeah, sorry, got caught up in the alliteration. Should have said, Nick, oh, it's fine. It's all fine. I'm not worried about it. All right, let's start the article, but I don't know how far we're going to get. Tales of the Walking Dead Episode 2 was unexpected, fun, and maybe a little too campy for the Walking Dead universe. It felt more like something I would see on Z Nation or in a Netflix made-for-TV zombie movie. While I enjoyed the episode and was certainly never bored, I think I would have liked it better outside of the Walking Dead universe. I don't know. I kind of feel like that was the entire point of Tales. Um, Because otherwise, it wouldn't have been connected. That's my comment. Okay. But Parker Posey and Jillian Bell certainly nailed their roles and were thoroughly entertaining from start to finish. Uh, this is a Tales of the Walking Dead episode two review, so there will be major spoilers below. Hopefully you guys have watched all that business. I hope you're caught up because you can't really survive our show too well without it. All right. Um, we're still in commercial. Uh, let me see. Scroll down. Here we go. While I personally liked Episode 1 better than Episode 2, the Walking Dead fandom seems split on the question. Many viewers think Episode 2 of Tales is better because of its creativity, writing, and pacing. Others, like myself, prefer Episode 1 because it felt more authentic and fit better with the Walking Dead universe overall. All right, we have a trailer for the final episode, so we're going to be back. I'm going to go ahead and pause this, and I will see you guys at break number four. Thanks for staying. Okay, guys, 9.42, we're at commercial break number four. Joan hasn't decided how she feels about Halloween ends. We just got to see a special message commercial from Jamie Lee Curtis about this movie coming out October 14th in theaters and also streaming on Peacock, uh, where the franchise is going to wrap up. And I don't know, my horror preferences tend to run to zombies and vampires, usually. The concept of these unkillable, random monster, superhuman things without explanation, I'm not that thrilled about that, but I do really, really love Jamie Lee Curtis. I'll tell you, here's a something I've been chewing on for years that I've been considering. Wouldn't it be fun to have some sort of I don't know about sisters, like some kind of familial relationship in a movie that had Jamie Lee Curtis and Melissa McBride in kind of earlier Carol mode. Because I totally think there's some basic iconic similarities between them, and I think it could be fun. 
if you had like the right story, I think they would play well with each other. All right, so there's some thoughts on that. Let me get to the next article if we have a second. Oh, I was in the middle of reading this to you guys. It was a review of Blair and Gina. Okay, so continuing. Episode 2 certainly puts its setting firmly within Walking Dead universe. Blair and Gina are surviving the outbreak in Atlanta while Rick is simultaneously asleep in his coma somewhere nearby. But even with that, Episode 1 still felt like a better fit with the rest of the Walking Dead genre. I know what they're getting at. This one was kind of, as literally the next sentence says, this was basically Groundhog Day meets Zombies and The Office. I think that's a perfect way to have summed it up. Uh, we've got something going on with Law and Order, but it's it's like a teaser trailer, so I'm I'm just fooling around. Okay, so we're back in a Prime commercial. I will continue. This new episode was basically Groundhog Day meets Zombies. While the idea of repeating a day over and over is pretty overdone in sci-fi tropes, it certainly was a fresh take on the Walking Dead universe. I got to tell you, here's my opinion on it. I did not like that we don't know why the heck that happened. <clears throat> you know, it's all the other iterations of this didn't need to know that, but you're doing it in a universe where you do know why things happen, except for never pursuing the plot line I think they should have with Eugene on finding out what caused all this and taking advantage of the uh, Easter eggs they left in the CDC episode, uh, season one, episode six, and Rick being the only one who had been told that everyone's infected no matter what. I love sci-fi, sci-fi sometimes even more than the apocalyptic story, so it kind of surprises me that I didn't love this episode more than I did. I think I just couldn't get over how out of place it felt within the universe as a whole. And although Posey never ceased to be entertaining, there was also never a moment where I was truly on the edge of my seat wondering and hoping the characters would survive. Posey played your quintessential horrid boss who doesn't care about her employees at all. Her character did experience some growth during the episode, but mostly just because she was completely worn down and had to grow in order to escape the fatalistic purgatory she found herself stuck to. Um, all right, we're coming back to the trailer for the last eight. So we're probably about to go back. So I will read you the rest of this at the next break, which I guess will be number five. Um, Joan mentions uh, she's never been a huge Halloween fan, but she loves Jamie Lee Curtis, the same as I said. All right, we're going to go dark, and I'll see you guys at break number five. Hey guys, 9.53 p.m. We are at break number five. And you know, just overall, I'm going to give the show an eight. And Paula Lazaro, I'm giving a nine for having taken the pink jacket. I, I Obviously, she has her blessing to have it because that's way too noticeable to be waving it around on Talking Dead if she wasn't allowed. Um uh, Jonah's added, she loves that Paula got the coat and go- and goggles as props when the show ended, that pink coat is iconic. It absolutely is. And, of course, you know, my favorite color is pink, so I'm all kinds of excited, even though I don't get to have it. But I'm glad that she did. I think that's pretty cool. It's 9.54. Joan, do you happen to know when this show ends? Is it going to end at 10 or is it running over? Just curious if you happen to have seen. 
Um, let me go back to the article and try to finish this up for you. Um, meanwhile, Jillian Bell as Gina was a great foil to Blair. The two characters never liked each other, and Gina started out as more of you know, a mild-mannered, everyday gal, just trying to make it through a soul-crushing workday. So seeing her turn from mild-mannered into a gas truck heist leader <laughs> was quite the twist. It was never exactly believable, but that didn't mean it wasn't fun. After a while, I did get a little bored with the days repeating themselves, but thankfully the show simultaneously stopped spending a lot of time repeating scenes we'd already watched. But as with many stories like this, I couldn't help but wonder why the characters didn't veer even further from the storylines they were stuck in. Why didn't Blair take a completely different road or urge her husband to get gas before he picked her up? That was something that was interesting to me. I did not understand, and it almost seemed like there was a supernatural interference that if they started doing things that deviated too much, they were forced back into the past. That's sort of how I felt like it was happening. But I don't know why any supernatural force would do that. Um, Back to the article. Why didn't Gina try a different gas station or just leave work really early without Blair's permission? There was a brief throwaway comment about a tire blowout leading us to believe that no matter what she did, Gina would end up right back at the gas station. And that's what I think as well. Uh, last thing, the ending was left ambiguous. Groundhog Day stories typically work best when it really feels like the universe is pushing the characters to learn a very important lesson before their days can continue. And this is what I thought as well. But there was no overarching morality play here, which may have been part of the reason why the episode felt a bit uneven. Because Walking Dead Universe has never been full-on supernatural, thank you. I mean, yes, zombies, but not like, you know, witchcraft or the hand of God or something like that. That's never been a thing. This episode couldn't really present itself as canon and dive too deeply into a supernatural force guiding Blair and Gina's journey. It could subtly hint at it. Maybe they needed to become friends or learn to be less selfish. I honestly felt like both of those things were part of the subtle lesson going on here because when they started doing both of those things things got better just saying however to remain canon the episode also had to leave us with the more mundane possibility that two characters have both simply lost their minds it dangled the possibility of a delusional virus spreading on top of the zombie virus which the show has given us no other evidence for it dangled the possibility all this is just occurring in the characters heads But the episode never lands on a solid explanation, instead leaving the viewer to decide what genre they want the episode to fall into. All right, and we've got another trailer for the last eight again, so I guess we're going to go back. I'm going to pause here, and there's a couple more paragraphs to read to you guys at the end, which I assume is the next break. It does end at 10.01, so that's very likely. All right, I'm going to go ahead and go dark. Thanks for joining us. See you in a few minutes. Okay, guys, it's 10.01. Let me finish out this article that I was reading to you, and then the last of my notes is just a few minutes if you're able to listen to the rest. Joan, whatever you need to do, if you need to go, that's fine. Um, All right, it's a wrap, and Joan says, until they make me stay up too late next Sunday for the Talking Dead, those bastards. Yeah, AMC, you are making an egregious mistake. Move Interview with the Vampire to 11 p.m. It is not that damn hard. Okay, so here's the rest of the article. Um, She says, personally, I think the episode might have been better served if it followed through on a theory fans are throwing around. The idea that Gina and Blair are experiencing their brain psychosis as they are taken over by the zombie virus. That's kind of interesting. Oh, kind of. 
against canon, and they were bitching about being against canon earlier. Anyhow, as you said, if the episode has firmly taken us down that route, it would have lost the lighthearted feel that drove the narrative. I don't know. It depends on how they did it. In a way, this was an attempt at V-Nationing a Walking Dead episode. And as I said earlier, it was a lot of fun to watch, but it also felt a bit jarring. I could never fully engross myself in the story because my mind kept coming back to how this is the Walking Dead universe, and that didn't make a lot of sense. Okay, that is the end of that article. And let me go down. And I did give you the rundown of the rest of Season 11. Let's talk about other upcoming shows on NDB Media. If you guys can support these, it's very much appreciated. My colleagues would be very pleased to have you. Okay, Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega. Monday's 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Check the NDB Media page on Facebook for links. Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the curious critics, Jamie, AJ, and Karen, as they dig into another night of TV. Recent shows covered have included Resident Alien, House of the Dragon, She-Hulk, Quantum Leap, The Reboot, Rings of Power, and whatever else sounds intriguing. Uh, feel free to join me on Wednesday, the Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show, the 28th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Topic is to be announced. It will be episode 137 for us. Please join us. Travel It's Radio on Thursday, the 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Topic, once called the Queen City of the Gulf, Galveston has six historic districts and one of the nation's largest collections of 19th century buildings with more than 60 on the National Register of Historic Places. A port city that was once the capital of the Republic of Texas, Galveston has gone from hurricane victim to tourist mecca with a benign climate and multiple attractions. Hear all about the area located on an island off the southwest coast of Texas where, when Mary Beth Bassett Senior Public Relations Manager, Manager of Visit Galveston visits Travelitz Radio and talks with hosts Dan Schlossberg and co-host Mary Ellen Nugent Lee. Next, Ever New, Saturday the 8th of October, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time with Chris M. Smith, host, Hannah McCrane, co-host, and guests. Ever New is about living out loud forging lasting connections, and visiting with effervescent thinkers and dreamers. It's an uplifting hour that promises to leave everyone feeling better, so who's up for some fun? A new, ever-new podcast will air every other Saturday at the same Twitch or NDB Media link on the public NDB Media page. I'm going to double-check with Joan one last time. Um, she's not adding anything additional, so let's thank everybody for joining us tonight. And thank you also to those that may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links for the Season 11 last third. See you all next time. Appreciate you joining us, and good night. Take care.